0: You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 162. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's lively adventure is the first one while I am back in the United States. So I got here, let's see, I think that was about a week ago now, spent a few days in New York, and then flew into San Francisco, and then came to wine country out in Sonoma. I think it's called Healdsburg. I think I'm saying that right. I keep wanting to say (laughs) Haroldsburg, but I've been here in Sonoma for the last several days at my best friend Maggie's house. We had a bachelorette wine tasting for our friend Marisa, who's getting married in Michigan in October. And I am sticking around these parts for a few more days and I'll share where I'm headed to next at the end of the episode. But so far, so good in terms of how it's going to be back in the United States after three months abroad. I will say it's a little bit interesting and a little weird so far integrating this new experience and time abroad with my old familiar routines and places and people that I know from before that point in time. So I'm going into that and and I'm learning more about how to get a handle on integrating the new experiences I've had abroad with the familiar experiences that I have had before this trip and even the new experiences I'm having since coming to Europe. So that's going to be a, probably an episode for another day as I get more of a handle on how to integrate both of those. But today's episode is all about something I've been thinking about specifically since the flight back from London to New York a week ago which is all about knowing what knowing feels like and what to do when you don't know yet. So as I'm getting back to the States, I was kind of thinking about, you know, I'm not sure where life is taking me next. When I initially thought about coming back from the trip, I thought I would figure out where I'd want to move, but I do not know yet where I will live, where I want to live, or when I will know where I should live or will want to live. I don't know if I'm gonna be in the US, will I be in London, will I be in Lisbon, Will I be in New Zealand? Who knows? Every single day of the trip, I've been listening at the same time to this. It's kind of ironic here. The song called Hold On by Rivers, R-I-V-V-R-S. And it's so funny because every day that was my anthem, And if you hear the lyrics, I'm going to share a little bit of them here with you now. It's so funny because it's so perfectly timed for this episode and this unanswered question of when will I know where I should be? And this is also going to, of course, apply to you and when you will know where you should be. Maybe it's where you're going to live or maybe it's who you're going to be with. Maybe it's a relationship or maybe it's what career you're going to have. Hear the lyrics, though. Let's go back to that. That song every single day that I've been listening to, it says, Take your time, let it go. I know it's on your mind. Take it slow. When it feels right, it's right. Free your soul. Give into the fight. Know that it's waiting for you. And I can say that whatever you might be waiting to know, I can say from my waiting to know, I have listened to that song every day for three months and is still not easy for my ego to take Yes, it helps me to hear those lyrics, and yes, it is soothing in the moment, but that doesn't mean that the ego doesn't keep coming back for more. Keep wanting to have more information and more answers and clarity as soon as humanly possible. Thank you very much. So these are some of the aha moments that I've been having about this concept of knowing or not knowing, as the case may be, that I want to share with you. Because like I said, you may be having a feeling of knowing or wanting to know in a relationship, a career, or maybe even a relocation too. Here are two parts to this episode. We're going to dissect this into two chunks. The first chunk is going to be all about knowing what knowing feels like. Because when you're in the phase of not knowing, one of the, biggest things you want to know is what it's going to feel like when you do know. So then you know you're making the right choice. And then part two will be what to do when you don't know. So first we're going to talk about what it feels like to know. Then we're going to talk about what to do when you haven't had that feeling yet. So let's get started. Part one, knowing what knowing looks like. Most likely, I will start by saying that we've all probably, if we think back into our lives, have some example of a time in our lives when we did know what the next action to take was in some area of our lives. Maybe it hasn't been recent, but there might be a for instance, that we can go back to in the past. But when we feel stuck in this current area of our lives right now, it can be hard to really put ourselves into those shoes that we had in the past and figure out what it will feel like in this area of our lives, especially if this area of our lives is not an area we've had a sense of knowing about Previously. So this is kind of an interesting concept because I was having brunch with a friend in London right before I left. And as we were discussing and having this conversation together, we realized we were both pretty different. We had senses of knowings in our own lives, but in totally different areas over the course of our lives. For her, she knew when she met her husband pretty early on in the first few months of their dating that she was in the right relationship and she never questioned it, even though they didn't continue to date right after the period of knowing. She was in college and they were living abroad and studying abroad and she never questioned. She was super confident and calm, cool, and collected about it because she had that deep down knowing that everything was going to work out. Well, in the contrast of that, her career, I'll say, She has had more haziness and non-clarity, even right now. Right now, she's coming up to a lot of that. And I'm not sure that she's ever had that same deep-seated sense of knowing like she had in her relationship in her career life. Meanwhile, I was sitting across the table from her in completely the opposite shoes. For me, I've always felt very clear and confident when it comes to my career and allowing it to unfold naturally and having that sense of knowing and guidance. But in my relationships, I've never truly had that same deep sense of knowing, and I really would love to feel that. So it was interesting as we sat there talking with each other because we're kind of interviewing each other going, oh, what did that feel like for you? And then what did this feel like for me? You know, it was fun to have these realizations. And I'm wondering if there might be a camp that you might fall into yourself, like maybe you're in the Clarity Relationship Camp, or maybe you're in the Clarity Career Camp But the other one may be more of a a challenge for you or it might be appearing in your life right now. So no matter what area you're struggling with, here's what we often do when we don't have that knowing. So when we have the knowing, we're pretty straightforward. We take the action. We're pretty confident, cool, and collected. But when we don't have that knowing, we do two things most of the time. The first one is to procrastinate or take fearful inaction, which is what we're going to cover in part two of this episode. We're going to talk about the fearful inaction and how to get away from it. But that's one of the things we try to avoid the situation. Or what we also do, this is the other route we can take, we lean into another person's knowing for us. And I say knowing in air quotes when I say another person's knowing for us instead of our own intuition. So we start to look outside of ourselves for that sense of knowing. We stop looking inward at our guts or our hearts and we start looking outward for other people, specifically the three P's the peers, partners, or parents. So often we will look outside of ourselves to our peers, our partners, or our parents and find out what they quote unquote know for us or want for us or advise us to do. We start looking for external expectations of us rather than that internal alignment. On the other hand, when I've had my sense of knowing deep, deep down in many points of my career, I can say that when I really know I don't really care what other people think about my choices more than I care about taking action that brings peace and alignment within me. So for example, when I closed Jess LC, my accessory company that I had had for five years full-time after college, my first business, if you will, people were surprised and some people were upset, but I didn't care either way. And that doesn't mean like I was like, screw you, none of this matters. You're not important to me. When it came to Mr. Lively, we had just gotten married around that time. And when I made that choice and had that realization from my own intuition telling me, and I had that sense of knowing, ultimately, I did want him to be in agreement with the choice because our family had had a financial backing and a plan in place based on that business. So when my intuition told me to change, it wasn't like I was like, if Mr. Lively had some opinion that would be totally against it, that I wouldn't have worked to adapt to it. But I have to say, if we had a disagreement about it, I would have found an alternative route and still followed my gut and aligned with what we wanted for our family finances. So if I heard my intuition say to close Jess LC, that wasn't gonna mean that I was gonna keep doing it, but I would find another way to help the financial needs of our family in a different way that did align with what my intuition was telling me to do next. So it's not to say that we don't have to listen to anyone's opinions on what we do next, but ultimately we don't ignore intuition. We can adapt and be creative and still follow the intuition every step of that way. So when it doesn't come to people like a partner that you're in a relationship with, with financial backing, for example, then those other people like the the peers and the parents that aren't really intimately tied to this decision, and they may just have a different viewpoint. I hate to say this, but it sounds so kind of harsh, but like really it doesn't matter, it's your life, it's our lives. We only have one life to live. Why would we ever wanna live it for someone else's viewpoint or someone else's values? Because ultimately, if we go back to like what someone else's knowing is for us, it's typically their own ego projecting their personal values and experience and sense of satisfaction on us. So what they're doing when they're trying to tell us what we should do next, and because we don't have this knowing, we're all ears, we're looking for all of this external validation about our next choices, when we do that, we're really putting on their values, their experience, and their satisfaction instead of looking within for our own uppercase V values, looking at our own intuition and our own intrinsic satisfaction. And that can lead to some pretty uncomfortable situations. For example, if someone that you know is trying to push on you safety and security as their values, they may advise you to stay in a job that your intuition is telling you to leave because they wouldn't have the same urge to do the next new or adventurous thing that you're feeling called to next or even just to the next stage. It may not be the knowing of this is the next forever thing, but it might be calling you to the next step in this evolution to getting towards knowing. might be about taking a riskier or more uncertain or more adventurous path than that other person would choose for themselves. And since you're looking for external alignment, you're looking for faith in their knowing, which is coming from a totally different place than what is coming from within yourself. So we have to recognize that other people's journeys are different than ours. Their values may be different than ours, which when it is a different set of values, their sources of joy will be different than ours because the joy comes from living our values in the present moment. And if they have different values than us, then what brings them joy will often be different than us. And that's okay. But what is not okay is for us to follow their sense of values for us if we're not gonna derive the joy from them, we're just gonna be just as unhappy in following their path for us as we are right now feeling stuck in wherever we're at with the unknowing. And taking action out of our own alignment and out of their own part two of this episode is really just gonna keep delaying us from getting towards that knowing that we want in the first place. So we have to keep this all in mind that it's so tempting to want to look outside of ourselves when we don't sense that knowing inside of ourselves. But there is another option, and we're going to go into that in part two. So let's get into part two, right? You guys probably wanna know when I have the temptation to look outside of myself, but I really am waiting for an internal knowing, what do I do? Here are the two things I'm focusing on personally, and I would encourage you to do as well in your circumstance. Number one is collect the data. Yes, collecting data. So this is what I'm literally doing right now in my own life, and so this is something that I am saying we can all do together. Right now, what I'm doing is discovering what I like and what I don't like about relationships and places because I don't know if I'm going to choose where I'm going to live next based on a place that's going to have an intuitive knowing or maybe a partner that's going to have a place that helps me and that intuition will tell me that this partner is someone that I want to spend more time with, which will maybe dictate the place. I'm not sure which one will come first in my own situation. So what I'm doing is gathering data about both partners and places. So here's an example when it comes to someone else. If you're into the career side of things, I have two friends in London, both going through the career uncertainty. So they don't know what to do next in their careers. And I want to give you guys a little background on both friends because they have interesting, kind of similar but different situations. Both friends left careers they had previously had in the States when they moved with their husbands to Europe for new opportunities. So friend number one in London decided to get a new corporate job in Europe from an American company, but she hated the experience and eventually left that job. So now she's kind of in this unknowing of what is next for her. She knew it was time to leave the job that she had started once she got to Europe, and she's looking for alternatives and starting her own projects and collecting data through different aspects and talent. So she loves writing, so she's exploring writing for different outlets. And even in the subjects that she's writing about, she's collecting data about the ones that feel right for her more than others. And then there's friend number two. So friend number two left her high-powered advertising job in Chicago, and she's now exploring other passions related to photography and art. Those are other passions that she has, and she's using this time to explore those instead of trying to find another similar advertising job. So their data is looking a little bit similar and a little different. Friend number one, as I mentioned, is focusing on writing and exploring different aspects that could have to do with businesses that are sort of related to her previous experience. And she's also looking at different subjects that she's writing on or could focus on in the next phase of her career. Meanwhile, friend number two is taking photography courses, starting her social media channels and looking into selling her artwork and helping along the way, totally kind of not related directly to selling her own photography, she's also helping a small startup in the art world in London get going. So she's kind of taken a few different things. She's learning, do I want to do photography? Maybe I want to do something else related to art that's not photography, or maybe I want to do both. So they're both collecting different sets of data to help them make those choices. And by collecting this data, The idea here is that eventually we're going to hit that sense of knowing and we'll be able to move forward confidently. For me right now, data collecting obviously looks different because it's not about career for me. For me right now, dating new people is part of what I'm doing to learn what I'm looking for in a new partner. And what's interesting about data collecting is it proves what we want and what we don't want, where before we've actually collected the data, we often go in with a lot of assumptions about what we think. Think we're going to want. So for example, I've realized with people in places or partners in places in this case in my data collecting after actually going through the physical process of actually experiencing and having data to really analyze things that I thought I wanted aren't what I want anymore. And that's really helpful because if I just went into this blindly assuming before I data collected that I knew what I wanted, I'd actually be wrong. Before I started dating, I thought I wanted someone who was a huge personal growth junkie, who was American, and was probably very similar to myself. That coming into the dating world was what I thought I wanted. But having actually dated and met many people over the last year, I can tell you that now that I've collected more data, I'm not sure that they need to be American. Before that was just an unquestioned assumption. I hadn't even thought about traveling internationally. So I wasn't thinking about actually possibly meeting someone from a different country. But now I've found that that is really interesting to me. I don't know if it will be my partner specifically, but I'm much more open to that because I've collected more data. I've also recognized that personal growth orientation doesn't have to be their number one interest like it is mine. They could have an openness to it that they may be interested in learning more about it, but they don't have to be at level 10 of any particular personal growth path right when I meet them. And also, someone with more contrast to me is actually more compelling. At one point, I dated someone who has the same Myers-Briggs as myself, and I recognized that at first, this is going to be great. We have the same outlook on life. This will be so interesting. But it really was like dating my twin. It wasn't that fun to date someone exactly like myself and I had much better chemistry with people who were more different from me in certain ways. In other ways, I still wanted to have things the same. So what are those things I want to have different? And what do I want to have the same, I'm still data collecting to know what that actually means to me. But that's an example of data collecting. It's not about assuming we know the data. It's about actually going out there and trying things. Like my friend in her photography class, she's doing different courses on different aspects of photography. So she's not even taking just a portrait photography class. She also has a class in her photography course that's on styling and food and all of these different aspects of photography. So she has that data to truly know which one feels the most right for her. For me, when it comes to new places and learning about what I want in this exact phase of my life, what I thought I wanted before, and you can listen to so many episodes of The Lively Show and hear me talk about a white house on a hill, having a yard, having this beautiful house addition, all of these things that I thought I wanted. I can tell you having traveled for the last three months in Europe that I before thought I wanted a house and a yard, probably someplace in America, Now that I've collected more data, I actually feel more drawn to a slightly more urban environment and probably living in an apartment or flat, and possibly, or even most likely, at this phase of my life and situation in Europe. I'm thinking that, but I don't know it yet. I'm still collecting the data to find out, but so far, that's what the data is telling me is most appealing. So when you're in your own path, remember that it is about going out and finding and collecting data through real world experience to have different experiences, not just to assume we know before we've tried. It's about getting out there, getting our hands dirty, trying different things like the courses or writing for different subjects as it is in friend number one's case or shooting different types of photography in friend number two's case or dating different types of people for me. So keep that in mind. Don't just assume that you know what your data is. Go out there and collect it because you're going to get clear on what you really want and what you really don't want. And now for number two, as we're collecting the data, there's a big piece here that's really important. And you've heard me talk about it here on the show before. And I want to go into it because a few people have been asking me to go deeper in this subject, being in the moment and finding flow. So We don't really need to know right now where our knowing is. As much as our egos are sitting here telling us it will feel so wonderful when we do know, the truth is we don't need to know right now. What we do need to do is fully live this step this moment. And that comes down to the practice and all is coming mentality. You guys have heard me share that practice and all is coming. It has been my guiding motto ever since I've decided to go off on this whole new adventure of life since last fall. And I can say it's by Sri K. Prata. I have no idea how to say his name. He's a yoga master. I could say that. I think he's into Ashtanga yoga. So sorry that I don't know how to say his name, but practice and all is coming is a yoga phrase from this wonderful yoga master. And it really encompasses this flow mentality. Everything that I want is going to come to me and is going to come to you when we're fully living and experiencing this present moment but what does that actually look like? What does practicing and all is coming actually look like? Okay. So when it comes to this practice and all is coming mentality, the way to best describe this and what this actually looks like is to think of this story that I've heard Esther and Abraham Hicks share many times about the ride on the river. So imagine that we're going on a white water rafting trip and we've signed up for it. It's 20 miles long, maybe in the Colorado rivers, We're going to have a starting point, and then we'll go down the river 20 miles, and then they'll pick us up at the ending point. When we say that we cannot handle the fact that we're going to data collect and go through this period of not knowing what our next step is, but we're like checking out, we're like, it's not good enough for me to go through this moment and fully live it. When we say that we can't handle that, and we just want to get to the knowing, and we're unwilling to wait for that knowing to appear... What it's saying is like, hey, tour guide, river rafting person, can we please just have you drop us off at like 300 feet before the end of the river? Can I just like skip all the 20 miles of river rafting? I just want to get to the end because really I just want to know what's going to happen at the end. What it's saying is that we are saying, yes, we want to go whitewater rafting. And why do we want to go whitewater rafting in the first place? Because it's fun. It's exciting. It's challenging. It's going to help us grow personally in some ways, and it's going to be enjoyable. But when we say we want to get to knowing and we don't want to go through the data collecting, we don't want to go through all of the moments leading up to that, we're saying no to the fun, the excitement, the challenge, the growth, and the enjoyment. We're saying, let's skip the part that we actually signed up for so we can get to a conclusion that feels more comfortable. But that's not why we get into the river rafting. We don't get into the river rafting so we can take the bus home. That's not the point. The point is to go have the challenge, excitement, and fun, and growth of the river itself. So that's the practice in all is coming. When we want to skip the practice, to skip to the all is coming parts, to skip to the knowing, we are losing all of the fun, joy, growth, challenge, and excitement that the knowing's even there for. If you really think about it, we sometimes think that knowing, then all of that other stuff is gonna begin. Once we know, then we're gonna have excitement. Once we know, then we're gonna be challenged. Once we know, then we're gonna grow. But what if you flip that on its head? The truth is all of that stuff. And I'm just realizing this, guys, as I'm saying this, this wasn't even prepared, but this is kind of like the logical thing that's kind of this huge aha moment for me right now, even as I talk to you in this exact moment. When we say we want to know and we're unwilling to deal with this journey to getting to the knowing, we're saying that we think we're going to grow. We're going to have all this fun. We're going to have all this enjoyment and challenge after the knowing. But the truth is there's even more joy, growth, and challenge most likely to be had right now because this is where it's uncertain. This is in the river rafting. This is where it's unpredictable and could be thrilling. This is where our lives are really lived. And when we say we're waiting to get to this more stable place in the future, wow, we're skipping all the stuff we said we wanted in the first place. Wow. That's just settling in for myself right now as I'm saying that to you guys too. Wow. That's what we're saying. We're saying we think we're going to have all of these amazing experiences of growth, joy, excitement, challenge, all after the knowing. But the truth is right now is where we can truly access it. That's what practice and all is coming means, guys. There we go. It's like a whole new level even for myself as I was saying it. But the biggest point I was going to talk about initially is also that it goes with the flow of the river. So practice and all is coming is also about going with the river stream. This isn't about putting our paddles into the water and trying to go upstream away from the outlet point where they're going to take us 20 miles downstream. Where we want to go is with the flow, because the knowing is going to come from flowing with the river. And what that means in our lives means when we are in the present moment, we need to start looking at what is the universe flowing to us? What is life flowing to us right now? When we fight that flow, and if you're going, Jess, I don't know which way the river's flowing. (laughs) I don't know which way is upstream or downstream. Here's how to know When you feel like you're going upstream and you're collecting data and you're going upstream, when you're going against the flow, it feels exhausting. It feels frustrating. You're drained and you're uninspired. That's what it means to go against the flow. That's what it means when you're going away from the knowing, which is downstream 20 miles down that river. So when you feel like you're fighting the river, literally like you're kind of paddling upstream, that is a sign that you're not going with the flow. And when you get there, just notice it and say, oh, I'm going upstream and try to take the oars out of the river. This is one of the reasons I'm still doing the lively show adventures with you instead of having guests on the show is because I think this is a new and relatively more of a minority perspective, especially in the States. A lot of people right now are efforting their way to things. And I truly am realizing in my own life over the last several years, but especially in this last year, truly seeing what life is like when you stop fighting the flow. It is so much better, but there's so many people out there so used to taking so much action and effort and force that it's hard to find the opposite of that. But I really want to help you guys do this. Finding the flow means it's ease-filled. It feels natural. It's fluid. And it's fun. For myself right now, this is to be totally honest with you guys, I'm spending my time focusing as much and as often as I can to catch myself and put myself into alignment with peace and joy before I take action. So what that means, even before recording episodes like this with you, Instead of trying to make myself, quote unquote, a better speaker or someone that talks to you on this in a better way, instead of trying to focus on exclusively going upstream and working hours and hours hustling my way to doing a better job with you, I spend more of my time before these episodes focusing on being in a really good place to having a lot of flow, to finding things, like I said, that feel natural, ease-filled, fluid, and fun. When I'm in that state of mind, then I turn on the microphone. I don't effort my way here. I turn it on once I'm in a good place. And I can tell you from listening to episodes as I re-listen to them because I like to find ways to improve for you and to make this as positive as possible the episodes where I have found that flow and I turn on the mic, there's no way I could have tried or efforted my way to resonate with you on the same level that I have when I've just simply been in a really good place. I want to help you guys do that too, more and more through these episodes to come on the show. I think that when we find the flow, when we find what gets us into those ease-filled, natural, fluid, and fun places, and then we take action. We get to go down the river with the current of the river, and all of those actions and those circumstances that unfold take us to the knowing we're seeking in the first place. And like I just said and had that huge aha moment, really the growth, the challenge, the excitement of the river itself is before the knowing. And it happens after the knowing too. But we think that we can't have any of those feelings we think we're going to have when we know right now. Man, that's a huge aha still for me. I'm still going over that and trying to apply that to my own circumstances Our ego just wants to block out and kind of not take the full moment that it doesn't want to practice knowing all is coming. It wants to say, I just want to put my head down in the sand or I want someone to drive me down to the end of the river rafting tour. I just want to get driven in a car so I can instantly get to where I want to be rather than actually doing what we actually want in the first place, which is to grow, be challenged and have fun along the way. So hopefully this is helping you guys as well. To summarize, as I said, part one was all about knowing what knowing looks like, which when you know, you are more drawn to following what your internal guidance system says than you are external expectations. And when you are not knowing, you are more drawn to what other people think that you should do than you are to yourself. And if you don't know that internal, you know, Knowing yet? Then you go to part two. What to do when we don't know? Two things. Collect the data and actually go out there and experience things in real life. Don't assume that we know before we've tried. Go out there and try. Go date. Go try different classes. Go write about different things. Go join a gym. I don't know. what it, Whatever it is going to be for you. Collect the data. And then number two, go with the flow of the river. Don't fight it. Don't force it. Don't go upstream. Find the flow that feels natural, ease-filled, and fluid. Recognizing that as you're doing that, you are challenged. You are having fun. You don't have to know yet to have all of those feelings you think you're going to have once you have the knowing. We can have it now. And that's what's going to ultimately bring us to that knowing in a much easier and more enjoyable way. Because really, We don't have a choice right now whether we know or we don't know but we do have a choice on how we behave in the meantime. And that's gonna really dictate our lives because our lives are tons of series of not knowings. Once you know in this next step what it is, it's going to evolve and change as you grow, evolve, and change in the future. No one thing is going to be necessarily our forever thing. That's because we're always growing and evolving. So this is gonna be just little moments in time of knowing, and then we take action based on it, But there's still going to be new things to explore. We're still going to have other moments of uncertainty. And if we can learn to enjoy each of those moments in the river, we're going to fully live our lives with that practice and all is coming mentality. We're going to be able to do it in a much more fluid way. And we won't be fighting the river. And so I know for you guys, this may not look quite as externally visible as my life's situation does as I keep traveling all over and keep literally collecting data of different parts of the world and where I'm going to live. Your journey may be much more internal, but just know we are both in very similar boats on the very same river. We can do this. We can enjoy this. And we can know that it's waiting for us. We can know that knowing is waiting for us. And I hope that you guys go check out that song by Rivers called Hold On to listen to that song and to keep that in mind and replay it for yourself if you need to as well. That whole album, by the way, is the only album I have had on my phone as I've traveled, and I've listened to it every single day. And I find the lyrics so compelling to this way of seeing in life. And I'm so grateful that Rivers has created it because it helps me tune into what this approach, this going with the flow approach to life is truly all about. And there you have it, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. When it comes to where I am in the world this week, I am in Heelsburg, as I mentioned, and then LA and then Long Beach to go see Abraham Hicks Saturday. And then I've got a few other places in the US to go to, which I'll share with you next week. And then I go back to Europe to have another month of adventures there. So until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today.